Wrestling with my brother We got a podcast, yeah Wrestling with my brother Hello and welcome to the podcast that's more sensational than Sherry, more fabulous than Moolah, but less masculine than China. It's wrestling with my brother. <laughs> I resent that fact. I am way more masculine than China. So rude to start with. But yes, is that it? Is there a theme there, bro? That little intro? Is this something, you know, that all those wrestlers have in common? There is a theme, and it's the theme of this episode. It's a very special episode. I'm glad you asked because mm. what is today? Just a night that I'm talking shit with my brother. Yes, but when this podcast comes out, it's International Women's Day. Yeah, Deadpool's favourite day of the year. International Women's Day. <laughs> so uh, we have been totally remiss in our first four episodes, not featuring one female wrestler. So this episode is dedicated to the ladies, the divas, the knockouts. Um, the fabulous moolahs. Yeah, all of them. We're going to get plenty of stratisfaction from this episode. Oh, God. <laughs> Your puns are getting worse. Come on, get all the female-related puns out now. Get that shit out of your system. I don't have any more. I'm trying to think of Lita, like a little bit, a little bit of something. It's... Well, I'm sure it'll come to you right at the end and then I'll just cut you off. Thank you very much. <laughs> but one other thing that we've been remiss at doing is introducing ourselves and explaining the format of the podcast. I think we assume that people know, but for new listeners, we should probably explain who we are and what we do. Do you want to do that? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I'm Craig, uh, six foot two, blue eyes, Cancerian. I like uh, long walks. I don't. I hate those things. I like violent wrestling, uh, spiced rum, and um, yeah, collecting comics. That's me. I'm Darren, also six foot, uh, <laughs> built like a brick shithouse, GSOH, looking for friendship, would like to consider more. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm married. I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. She doesn't. She doesn't like wrestling, doesn't understand it. But um, <laughs> yes, and we're brothers. And the idea of this podcast is we both like wrestling, but we can't get together because of global circumstances, the plague. So we decided to come together virtually to talk about wrestling and share some of our favourite wrestling clips. Just bond. God, do you know what I mean? Just bonding. There's no mic. I don't even feel like there's anything on. We're just... Cutting the shit, bro. Do you know what I mean? Just male bonding, but virtually via a computer screen. <laughs> Digital bondage. That is uh, what I will be participating in after this. <laughs> Over on Sex FM. Nice. So let's start with Wrestling Through the Ages. It's a very special Wrestling Through the Ages segment this week um, because I wanted to talk about women's wrestling. Um, to go with the theme of the show because when we started watching wrestling in the late 80s early 90s I honestly don't remember seeing one women's match in that time the only women that I remember being featured in any way at all were managers or valets like most notably Sensational Sherry and Miss Elizabeth Mm. Um, I know in the first Wrestlemania Wendy Richter was involved 
And I know, obviously, Cindy Lauper, the rock and wrestling connection. But in terms of kind of in-ring action, it just wasn't shown. And then when I started watching wrestling again in the Attitude Era, the women were nothing but a sideshow, really. They were love interest for the men, or they were put in ridiculous nonsense matches like bra and panties. Uh, the only notable exception is China. And, I mean, she was treated like a man rather than a woman. She was, you know, the eighth wonder of the world. She was basically treated like a freak. It started getting better, I think, when Lita and Trish Stratus arrived. But even then, I mean, they were put in demeaning angles, like Trish barking like a dog for Mr. McMahon and Lita's live sex show with Edge. Mm. What are your memories of women's wrestling? Exactly that, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's no surprise. I love ECW when they were literally just TNA. I mean, Francie. not TNA wrestling, you mean? No, no. T- um, uh, Boobies and bottoms. Yeah, B- they were B&B, they were. B&B. <laughs> <laughs> they were B&Bs. Um, you know, they- for all our American listeners, if you come to Britain and ask for a bit of B&B, you will yeah. get shown some lovely places. You'll get shown a lovely bed and then followed up with some lovely breakfast and boobs to boot. Um, yeah, you know, the, the women of ECW, uh, they got put through tables and they had a modicum of, of more respect than, you know, the, the divas. Um, but yeah, the same. I mean, they were a complete afterthought. And some of the matches, well, to be honest, all of the matches that we're talking about today is just... It's great to see how far they have come. You know, they they do deserve their rightful place. And there are some, you know, amazing kind of athletes out there. And, you know, why shouldn't they be given main events? And why shouldn't they be treated the same as as male wrestlers? And, you know, it it is stupid because, yeah, for the longest time, they were just treated as as managers. And like I said, being put in these stupid matches... And and then, you know, fast forward to today and you see some of the women's matches now and you're like, holy shit, these are better than 99% of the male matches back in the 70s and 80s, you know? It's... Yeah, we were never given any reason to treat them seriously. Uh, it was just a, a sideshow, wasn't it, a carnival? They were literally there just for eye candy. Um, and there was no respect given to them or their abilities whatsoever. If there ever was a match, people would treat it as like a toilet break between the, the other events, so... Yeah, well, you even had... Oh, actually, think about it. Uh, do you remember the Nitro Girls? Yeah. How shocking is that? It was literally, between matches, just cheerleaders, and they go in the ring with... I think they did have pom-poms at one point, and how how bad is that? You know, it's it's like just the women in boxing who hold up the scorecards. It's, you know, it's, it's really demeaning. Let's redeem those dark years with some great women's wrestling action, shall we? Absolutely. I just wanted to mention one thing before we go on. I've not included it as a clip, but I think something that's really helped the perception of women's wrestling. Actually, two things when I think about it is, first of all, Fighting With My Family, fantastic uh, movie by Stephen Merchant of The Office fame, featuring (laughs) Dwayne Johnson himself. Um, It's the story of Paige, Mm. the former WWE Women's Champion, and a British wrestler do done good and then glow the gorgeous ladies of wrestling on netflix which i was really enjoying and i'm very annoyed they cancelled it because it was a very good program Mm. yeah i agree popularized by those things and you know china did have a big part to play in empowering women and getting them into the i was gonna say the sport it's not a sport is it you know getting them into wrestling as a as a whole and yeah, people like Lita. I mean, my wife's favorite wrestler was Lita. You know, growing up, she loved 
everything that she stood for. And, you know, thankfully she stopped ending it when all the sex scandal shit went on because that just kind of muddied the water and all the good things that she she did for wrestling. So, yeah, you know, yeah. great to see that there are role models now and, you know, getting the, getting the youngsters into it. So, yeah. Uh, it's just made me reminisce about Lita, actually. When she first came in, she was with S.A. Rios, and she would copy his moves. So she would he would do a moonsault off the top turn, but then she would do it as well. Um, and I always liked that. It was a really good way to introduce her, I think. She started off in ECW as well. I'll just throwing that in there as well. You're welcome. Did she? I had no idea. Yeah, she was Danny Doring's valet at the time. Um, she didn't do anything, and then, yeah, she had a big break in the dub-dub-F. Fantastic. Well, talking of ECW, your first clip. Segway. You did my segue for me. I like it. Smooth. Oh, yeah. Yes, my first clip. Is, it's got to be ECW. You know, it's a known fact. I love it. And I'll just keep on promoting it until the day I die. Because I don't care. So this first clip is Beulah versus Bill Alfonso at ECW As Good As It Gets 97. Crazy, crazy match. So this started off as a mixed tag match between Dreamer and Bueller versus RVD and Alfonso. Uh, But uh, Bueller and and Alfonso ended up facing each other. Um, You know, and it was the most intense five minutes of wrestling from two non-wrestlers. Just to give you a bit of backstory, because I think that's one of the reasons why I chose this clip, because it was was such an interesting point in that uh, company, was uh, that Bill Alfonso was outed basically as a mole within the locker room. Um, he'd been talking to Bischoff about ECW talent coming over to WCW. Uh, and, you know, Paul Heyman kind of found out there was, there was a big raid of the locker room. Who's the mole? Who's the mole? And this was his last chance to prove that he was a team player. He said, you know, I'm putting you in a mixed tag match. If you don't impress me, then you just got to go. In a storyline or actual real no, life behind the scenes. Legit, bro. Yeah, this really happened. He was in talks with Bischoff because obviously, you know, Bill Alfonso started off as a referee for for the big companies before joining ECW. And yeah, no, he was kind of siphoning or trying to siphon off talent. Um, and he was definitely in talks with Bischoff. And, you know, if you know anything about Paul Heyman, it's that Bischoff is the devil. And, you know, you don't even mention his name in the locker room, let alone talk to him. No, that, that was all legit. And, you know, partially I, I chose this clip as well just for a bit of redemption for you, really, just seeing him getting his ass kicked because of his whistleblowing throughout, throughout the uh, the match that we reviewed last. Just how much he bled, you know, he, he was, a, he, was he like <laughs> 80 pounds soaking wet? Um, just about how physical it was and, you know, the way he took that clothesline from Bueller. Um, I loved the ending, how he thought he was going to give her a superpower bomb and, you know, she kind of hurricane rounded into his death. Um, but it really did make Beulah stand out as a competitor when, you know, like I said earlier, every other female talent there was just B&Bs. That's the new term from now on. Um, you know, and the She's Hardcore chant at the end, they don't use that lightly. So, you know, you've got to do something noteworthy. And, you know, again, with most of the clips that I choose, this is really uncomfortable to watch. But I love the backstory. And, and yeah, just coming from Beulah, it was like, Christ, you're not a trained wrestler at all. 
like you said, after listening to Bill whistle 114 times during that <laughs> match, I was ready to see him get battered. So to watch this was very pleasing. So thank you. God, he got he got busted open so badly. Was that a blade job that went wrong? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it is like if you and I were told by our bosses, right, you're getting in the ring tonight and and you you know you gotta get colour. It's like yeah, you must have nipped an artery. Do you see how like shiny his top was as well? It was just mm. unfortunately the, the video I, I sent you wasn't the best quality. I couldn't find a, a great quality, even though it was in, in you know 97 back in the day. But yeah, he was he was just caked. <laughs> oh, but it was good to see him get his comeuppance, and um obviously the crowd was into it because they were chanting Beulah, Beulah, um all the way through. And the there were so many good moves, some of you mentioned that tree of woe drop kick. Yeah, Hegmont uh, was really good. Yeah, well, that's Dreamer's move. So she's she's married to him in real life, and you know, there's a kind of homage to him with the arms spread out as well. And you know, it, just just for the pure fact that they weren't trained wrestlers at all, tiny frames was unintimidating two people you've ever met. But you watch it as a match, and you know, it was, it was quite an exciting ordeal. I thought. It was. It was quite an excited match, and she she got some really good stiff offence in. Um, yeah. Looked like she really hurt him with a couple of things, but he, he didn't look like he was holding back either. I mean, I know it's wrestling, but he looked like he might have given her a few actual stiff shots. He knife edge chopped the shit out of it. Did you see that? It was like, yeah. But I think he was pissed off that he had to do it, and obviously adrenaline took over, and yeah, he probably didn't mean to cut himself <laughs> quite so bad, and you know, when you're in that arena, not that I know, but yeah, when you're there, I guess the adrenaline just took over and he knew it was his last, uh, last hurrah. But then, yeah, he come back to the curtain and Paul was like, that was absolutely insane. Just, I did not expect that to happen at all. And, and he kept his job, thankfully. So things you've got to do for your boss, eh? <laughs> yes, indeed. Hey, well, I will introduce my first clip. This is Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch in a triple threat match at WrestleMania 35. Look in the eyes of the Raw Women's Champion, Ronda Rousey. The intensity on her face is unmatched. Charlotte Flair is as cold as ice out there right now. Becky Lynch has got fire in her heart and her blood is boiling. That does not bode well for a challenger in winner take all. So this is history in the making, this match. The first ever women's main event match at WrestleMania. And and what a contest. Um, so coming into the match, a bit of context. Flair is a SmackDown's women champion. Raw champion is Ronda Rousey. Becky Lynch is obviously challenging for both titles. And the winner takes all. Now, Flair and Rousey are hated by the crowd. Becky Lynch at this time has, has really kind of organically grown her popularity she didn't receive a push as such but you know the crowd really got behind her um, as the man and throughout the match I mean the fans are just completely behind her now the organic match would have been Lynch versus Flair because they were friends and tag partners and they split up and they'd had this acrimony but WWE booked Rousey in the main event as well a lot of people think it was overbooked but I actually think it worked and I think you've got to set aside WrestleMania from other events, you know, because there are going to be casual wrestling fans watching and a name like Ronda Rousey is, is marquee. Yeah. So it's going to attract interest a lot more than 
um, Flair and, and Lynchwood. And I think all, all three competitors, you know, give it their all. I like the entrances, um, Charlotte Flair coming in the helicopter, not quite as good as the Queen at the Olympics, um, <laughs> but she still made it feel like an occasion. Um, and then Rosie, of course, she had the, the singers. It's quite funny. Flair got a helicopter. Rosie got a jet. Joan Jet. You like that? Oh, yeah. Can, can yeah. we put a did sound effect in there? Just a... Oh, no, no, no. No, like a tumbleweed. Just like... Bong. Bong. I'll look for one. It'll be sound effect, not sound. <laughs> Copyright infringement. I thought it was a bit unfair on Becky Lynch. She got fuck all. They got these <laughs> dramatic entrances, helicopter, rock band. She just gets to walk. That's not fair. <laughs> just comes into the crowd after thought. But this match just showed me how much women's wrestling had changed because it was really good. Um, and it just felt so stiff as well, a lot of the moves. Um, and I don't know whether that's because obviously women are not as big as the male wrestlers physically, and they can make more noise, you know, stamping in the ring to, to you know, to have the punches and the kicks like reverberate more. But it seemed like every punch and kick was real, especially some of Rosie's offense yeah. when she was punching to the midsection. I mean, that, that looked like it really hurt. Yeah, I've always found that with women's wrestling. I find it quite uncomfortable to watch sometimes. It's, I, it's not like it's not as polished, but it looks so much more aggressive than male wrestling. I, I don't know what it is, because if you look at, you know, light heavyweights or other males that have similar physiques to most of the female wrestlers, they don't take moves. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I just broke their skulls. But yeah, I, I don't know what it is. For me, it's not you know, how loud they are. It's just how they take moves. They're, like, absolutely brutal. There were some really difficult moments to watch in this. Um, I've made some notes. When Rosie was being hung over the ropes by Flair and then Lynch drop kicked her onto the floor, oh onto the back of her neck. Yeah. Flair's chops as well, and then one to the face. <laughs> the Bexploder, the suplex from the top rope. Yeah. What was the other one? Oh, the double arm bar leading to the triple power bombs. I thought that was a good spot. That that move by Flair from the top rope, which I think is called a Spanish fly. Yeah, the the moonsault when you flip over. Yeah, with somebody like a DDT sort of thing. God, that looked dangerous. I know. I know, and it's not as if they don't know how to take moves, but it's not it's not just them. Most of the yeah, most of the women's matches I've seen throughout the ages, they just they just look brutal. I don't know what it is. It, mm. I, again, I, I can't put my finger on it because it's not how they sell the moves. It's not the sounds they make or, you know, the they sound impressive. It, it's just the way the moves look. It looks like they're killing each other. Mm. I tell you what, one thing that I noticed, you know, we, we often moan about when wrestlers are working on an injury and it, it, it can sometimes be a bit boring yeah. because they're doing the same thing over and over again. Well, when they were working over Ronda's leg and you could actually see the bruising and the swelling on it. Yeah. Um, it really made me believe that she was hurting and in agony. And like, shit, yeah, they are working over a real injury. Yeah, that figure four around the post and you can see like a handprint like bruised onto her leg. I thought, that, that looks, you know, <laughs> really painful. But, you know, Ronda, she was already a trailblazer in UFC um, and doing great things for, you know, equality in, in that industry. Um, 
And, you know, when UFC started, there was no women's division. There weren't even any gloves, for Christ's sake. It was just men, some of them fat in, like, Aikido <laughs> outfits, just punching the shit out of, of other men. Um, but, you know, it's great to see how far things have come. And they've got their own division now, which has bled over to wrestling. And, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. Like like you said, the intros at the start, it's just pure spectacle, and such a great move on on WWE's part, and you know, you you're watching it, and you're not thinking, oh my god, this is this is the first female WrestleMania match, it's the first main event ever for, for women in WWF. You're watching it, going, holy shit, this is amazing. They've got the chemistry, like you said, the brutality, the everything. Um, I liked it when. Rousey stepped off Flair to hit Lynch. Do you see that? It was like the Matrix. She kind of kicked off the one onto the other. Um, yeah, and then the same thing. Just that backwards bump off the apron. I must have watched that about 10 times. It was brutal. Really, really good. Uh, Cole in his voice breaking as well, kind of added to the drama. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a fantastic match. Um, and, yeah, you're, you're not kind of watching it, like I said, thinking oh wow you know this is a momentous occasion even though it was you just caught up in it you caught up in the drama and it was literally one of the best women's matches i've ever seen so good pick bro that was really good um uh, one other thing i liked as well i remembered at the end when they brought the table out and then bronzy threw it away and shouted tables are for bitches i thought that was really good <laughs> kind of setting herself up as the anti-wrestler she doesn't need tables because she uses her fists <laughs> but even the bump through the table i've seen millions of table bumps but even that i thought jesus christ it didn't even break properly which is you know a lot worse you just want it to kind of absorb the impact of the move and even that looked brutal it was just it was a really hard hitting match yeah it was really good oh, yeah. on to your second clip yeah let's go for it this is the terrifying awesome kong's tna debut One large woman. Can you imagine? So, yeah, you know, we've kind of reminisced a lot in this episode, and back in the day was all about China as this powerhouse. Um, do you remember Nicole Bass? Um, she was a female bodybuilder. She was in ECW and she was in WWF for a short time. You know, to a lesser degree, she was an imposing figure. Um, but this match, you know, before the flays, before the lynches, awesome Kong kind of really impressed me with her physicality. Um, so this is a time when Gail Kim was an established star in TNA as the knockouts. And I thought that's such a clever name because, you know, it's kind of deaverish. Oh, look at her. She's a knockout. But it kind of added a bit more legitimacy to the female division. And, you know, they did have some great, great kind of female wrestlers, Gail Kim included. But Kong comes along in her debut and just absolutely decimates her. Uh, you know, she looked terrifying, but she backed it up. You know, she wasn't just all style and no substance, just the, the power bombs and the amount of powerful moves. And, you know, I remember watching it at the time. I think 
um, whether it's live or, 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 you know, via DVD, but it was just so shocking at the time how dominating she was uh, and just her raw power and intimidation, you know, when it, it was in an era of like the An- Angelina Love kind of knockouts where they were they were kind of punk rocky and, and cool and, and hard, but this was just the next level. And yeah, I just remember her making a, a really big, pun intended, impact at the time. She's she's great. I mean, scary, intense, powerful monster heel. That's the type you don't see very often in women's wrestling. And she's agile too. You know that top rope splash Ooh. shows that she can pull off the the you know the high fly moves as well as the power bombs that you mentioned before. Um, and she was booked right because you've got like, like a focus, you know, a challenge, somebody for the other women to set themselves against. She's somebody like Kane or the undertaker would be in the men's wrestling, like an attraction who can play face or heel. But you know, when she's a heel, everyone else is going to chase her and it doesn't really matter if she's a champ or not, because she's such a spectacle that yeah. people will just, you know, go to watch her. Um, I mentioned earlier glow. Um, have you ever watched that? By the way? I think I started to watch it, but I, yeah, I didn't really get into it. I should give it another go. She's in that. Oh, nice. She. <laughs> She is the um, character called Welfare Queen, is, is the wrestler <laughs> she plays. So the, the character is Tammy Dawson, um, and she's the only actual wrestler um, in, the, in the show, because it's basically, it's the 1980s, it's a women's wrestling show, and they're all actresses who can't really make it in Hollywood and so they get together and this guy gets them uh, this wrestling show on TV so they learn to wrestle rather than being wrestlers finding a show but she is an actual wrestler in real life and in the show and her character's welfare queen she's meant to be like a a fat lazy stereotype she scrounges off the state and she goes around thinking everyone should pay for her and she's the champion in a lot of it and i didn't realize till about two or three episodes in that it was awesome kong because she you know <laughs> i know this is this is stupid but when you see sometimes these people outside the ring they look completely different and i've only ever seen awesome kong look terrifying and intense and those eyes and just you know the dreadlocks and everything but she just looks like a normal human being in there she, she, she's quite kind-hearted outside the ring and she's got like you know normal hair and i was like oh shit i realize who that is um but yeah she, she was really good in that as well and um she eventually she has a back injury and she can't wrestle so she, be, she becomes a manager and that's a good storyline but she's a good actress as well as a good wrestler well, she, she obviously terrified you in her role as actual wrestler. So actress she is. <laughs> she is very convincing. Yeah, I mean when you when you said, you know, oh let you let's do a women's episode, that was one of the first things that came to mind, to be honest, which is her debut. I could have done something with China, but I felt like, you know, everyone knows knows about him. Glad we've chosen quite obscure clips for the most part, because yeah, that was just one of the the, the matches that really kind of stood out. So this is Nyla Rose winning the AEW Women's Championship on AEW Dynamite in 2020. And Nyla hoists her up. And I've just realized this is the most recent clip we've shown on this. I think up until now, 
the most recent we've done was 2011, but in this one, we've come right up to date, which is good. We're not just about the Attitude Era in the 80s, you know? Yeah. Smart marks out there. Smart marks, smart asses. <laughs> Sorry. You, you do get you get heads up sometimes, don't you? you do, get angry. You need to reel that fiery temper back in sometimes. Uh, I get angry by the end. I don't, I don't know what it is. Sorry. <laughs> Dude, the finish line's in sight. You get really widow cranky. Anyway, <laughs> come on. Sell your clip to me. Yeah. So, Nyla Rose, not only the first openly transgender wrestler in history to sign with a major American promotion, she's also the first to win a major world title. And, I mean, this match, it was really good. Rio, I think is how you pronounce it. She's like a little firecracker. Yeah. So quick, leaping around the ring. Um, and when you see the two of them and the dis- the size disparity, you think, God, how could she stand a chance? But the offence that she put in was really convincing against a bigger opponent. Um, but like Awesome Kong in the previous clip, just the power of, of Nyla Rose um, won out. And I-, I found it strange at first that they didn't make a big deal of the win on commentary. And like I said, it's the first time that a transgender wrestler has won a, a major world championship and it's groundbreaking. You can imagine if that was WWE, they really would have gone to town on bigging that up. Um, but I read an interview with her and she welcomed the fact they didn't make it a spectacle. And she said they're not making it a thing because it, it shouldn't be a thing. And I, I suppose that's how it should be. I mean, this is a woman going out there doing her job on her own terms and you know, being transgender shouldn't come into it. So, you know, hats off to AEW for not making a big deal out of it. And everything that took place was in character, you know, all her backstage interactions and, you know, the the heat that she's got from the crowd. It was all the character that she was and nothing to do with the fact that she's transgender. So I thought it was really positive. Um, and this, this, you know, comes at a time, and it was, this is only last year, and there's still obviously a lot of debate about trans rights and in sports in particular and how transgender men and women should compete and you know whether they should compete against different genders and the same gender Um, and what I think is fantastic is that wrestling is an environment where trans people can feel comfortable in their own skin and where they're judged on their own merits and I think you know if wrestling can lead the way hopefully other sports can follow. And, you know, just in case anyone's wondering, trans women are women, trans men are men. And if you've got a problem with that, it's yours to deal with, not anybody else's. Mm. No, I, I agree. It, you know, I, I wouldn't have known if, if you wouldn't have told me. And, you know, it's good that she's won in her own merits and not for anything else. Um, there was possibly a, f- a faux pas made by Jim Ross at the end when he called her the king of the mountain. Yeah, that was picked up on the comments on the YouTube video, actually. Yeah, I, 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 was that intentional? Was that just a slip of the tongue? He's been doing this for decades, so yeah, I'm sure no ill will was was meant by it. But I, I'm I'm super impressed with AEW. I love the fact that you've uh, done a clip, uh, uh, you know, on, on this new up-and-coming company, and I'm going to, you know, find some clips as well as the weeks go on. Um, the quality of their matches are fantastic and the women's division is no no exception, really. Um, I, I thought that Nyla had a similar imposing presence to Kong. So I think, it, 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 you know, unknowingly acted as quite a good segue. Um, but you got the This Is Awesome chance and the audience were just totally into it. That double foot stomp from Ryu, <laughs> then one more. Um, <laughs> no, she did three, I think. She, yeah, yeah. She, one on the head. 
which was the first one only had a one count to prove no no there was nothing there's a scratch and then a further two yeah and the third one to her face i was like shit she just killed her um but yeah i mean made all all the better for the crowd i love it when a crowd is into a match and and AEW just seemed really smart and respectful fans and I don't know. They they've just got magic. I think with this promotion. I don't know what you feel because obviously we don't we don't follow modern wrestling as much as as maybe we should. You know, we are kind of eighties and nineties babies, and we live we love the earlier days. That's that's where we bonded and where this podcast kind of came from, really. But um, you know, what are your impressions of AEW from what you've read and what you've seen so far? Are you kind of impressed with them as a company? I am. Yeah, they seem to be doing a lot of things right. I mean, you're right. We're not you know, necessarily the biggest fans of modern wrestling. I think that's because of our lifestyles as much as anything. And AEW is, is definitely impressed. I take what you're saying about the crowd, because even though I thought that that main event WrestleMania match earlier on was fantastic, I thought the crowd didn't seem to be as into it as they could have been. I've seen a couple of recent WWE events where the crowd just looked just dead at times and coming off you know my era the attitude era i say my era because that was the last year when i was really really into it when every match the crowd were hot for everything that was going on but watching aew made me or this match anyway and a couple of other clips i've seen made me feel that again again these are fans that really appreciate what's going on um the company seemed to be doing everything right and i've got a, a friend who is probably a bigger wrestling fan than both of us and he's been to live events in north america because every year two or three of them got a podcast? and he hasn't got a podcast no but i think he listens to this one so hello <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know you are but he only watches AEW now and this is somebody who collected every single wwe pay-per-view like you on dvd mm. and vhs for, for years um and now he only watches AEW. so i think that's a sign of how good the promotion is and i think for this we'll probably be watching a lot more of it yeah, I, I think so. I have got one match in mind, but again, it's another really violent defeat, and I don't want to be pigeonholed as the, the blood and guts guy. But Too late. You've already put yourself in that. You've, <laughs> pinch, you've pigeoned yourself into that hole. Too late. You're the dickhead in blue pants watching death matches for a living. <laughs> but um, yeah, a brilliant match. And uh, I think... What you were saying there, just to pick up on that, I think that goes back to something else we discussed in an earlier episode, where if you've got this arena and there's like 70,000 people, all the noise goes up. You know, we've read countless wrestling, you know, autobiographies, all the noise goes up. So the cameras don't pick up on it. It's just a roar. But, you know, like like with TNA, like you said, we're, you know, in that cage match with the, the audience is so much closer to the ring. I think it's the same with AEW. You know, you go to a stupid bingo hall in Philadelphia and the noise there compared to a 70,000, you know, capacity crowd is night and day. So I think, you know, with with the ego of McMahon wanting to go bigger and better and it's got to be in a bloody arena or it's not a, a, an event, you could have 2,000 people and you hear every single gasp and chant because everything's just so much closer to the action. And again, I think that's what AEW have done done well and it just sucks that just as they started to get their momentum the bloody pandemic hit and you know but unlike WWE they didn't put in that kind of fake chance you know in the crowd it was just a few people in the audience so I really hope well like everything in the world to be honest that it isn't affected by this awful 
bloody plague because yeah they were just starting to get traction and then yeah this happens and you know if <laughs> if wrestling companies don't have live events what what have they got you know yeah yeah sad times for everybody i just wanted to go back to talking about um uh, nyla rose but bob specifically um you know transgender rights things like that because um another wrestler hit the headlines recently because she's come out as um, transgender. So uh, Gabby Tuft, who wrestled with WWE under the name Tyler Rex. Um, I think she's retired now, but that'd be interesting to see if, I mean, she retired for some years looking at it. So it's like seven years. So probably not going to come back, but um, still, I think it's, uh, it's interesting if, if she would decide to come back because, you know, it's, it's obviously something that, you know, people will get behind, and I think it'd be interesting to see what happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, all joking aside, we we've had we've had a few kind of silly laughs in this episode, but you know, all joking aside, it it really doesn't matter to me, and it shouldn't matter to anyone else. You know, if if you spike Dudley, you're not going to be pissed off at someone like Brock Lesnar, you know, for being night and day in terms of flexibility, size, power you're born with the body you've got and if you want to change that you know for whatever reasons then do it you know and and it, it should never it should never be brought into it and it goes the same for every everything really you know it's just yeah equality and i think i find it good that wrestling has got a good record when it comes to that i mean there's been a lot of wrestlers who have these gimmicks i mean look look to home like um you know adrian street the, the Welsh wrestler, he, he was quite a flamboyant kind of cross-dressing um, character. And then you've got Gold Dust, you know, um, and it, they're accepted. And it's just, it's a place where you can be yourself and you can let your uh, your personality come through or, or be a different personality, be the, be different to the personality that you've got to put on in the, in the rest of the world. I think it's fantastic the rest and allows you to be who you are or be who you want to be. Yeah, and, and on the flip side, you know, like when they took the Hall of Fame uh, ring off Hogan for his racial slew back in the day, you know, even though it was, I, I don't mean how many years ago it was, decades ago, you know, it's good that, that WWE stands for equality and something like that from such an icon is picked up and, you know, is actually acknowledged and, you know, so so it's the flip side of things as well. And yeah, it's just a great time to be alive. Just, just let's all just get along in there. Let's all just watch wrestling. Doesn't care who you are or what you do. Let's just kick the shit out of someone for my entertainment. That's all I care about. Yeah, batter them with a chair. Yeah, it's all. It's just, just barbaricness. That that's all I care about. If you're brutal, I don't care if you're a man or a woman or you used to be either. As long as you're kicking the shit out of someone, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my money. There you have it, folks. Well, one overriding message from this. Girl power. Girl power, baby. Yeah. Thank you to all the women in the world for being who you are. To wrestling for our entertainment. Yes. So we'll be back next week with more of this wrestling randomness. And you can find us on all the good podcast platforms. And you can also find us on Twitter at WrestleBrosPod. Boom. There you go, getting some traction there, Henry.
getting some followers, getting some conversation going. We've got some dialogue now, bro. We're we're kind of entrenching ourselves. Is that the right word? Potentially. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is my wacky laugh for the episode? Well, the thing is about being entrenched is you might not be able to get out. So I don't want to say that we're entrenched in one position because then you might not be able to escape. Uh, engrossed, absorbed, in- incorporated. Welcome to Thesaurus Hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a- any one of those. It's, you know, I'm tired now. I've used a lot of words. But yeah, it's good. You know, thank you for all the love. Um, and yeah, thank you, Darren, for doing such a sterling job as always. Aww. Thank you. Thank you for your graphics. And yes, thank you, Internet Wrestling Community, for accepting us. Yes. We are. As weird Welsh weaklings. Thank you. Thank you for embracing us in your giant arms. So <laughs> our fragile, frail, mid-30s bodies absorb you and entrench. In... Thank you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we've really gone off the deep end of this one you've broken us right thank you for listening and we'll we'll catch you next time bye guys wrestling with my brother we got a podcast yeah wrestling with my brother